Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Today's episode is brought to you by Kindle. Great spellers come from great readers, and that's why Kindle was the proud presenting sponsor of the 2017 Scripps National Spelling Bee. A single-purpose Kindle e-reader holds thousands of books, ensuring young readers always have a book with them. Features like WordWise support comprehension and vocabulary development, while Kindle Free Time awards achievement badges for reaching reading milestones. To learn more about the ways Kindle inspires a child's emerging love of reading, visit amazon.com slash Kindle for kids. You're listening to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 110, and today we are talking about books released on June 6, 2017, and more. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with my fellow podcast, Rebecca Shinsky, and we're coming to you from BookRiot.com. Hello. Hi. We're all a Twitter and out of sorts today. Oh, we've been having a week and it's only Tuesday. <laughs> I know. I know. We're recording a day late. We just had our chat with the Book Riot Insiders members today, Hi, which was scheduled to coincide with the release of the show. But instead, I guess it was a like, we'll hang out now and then we'll go make a podcast. <laughs> uh, I haven't had much sleep. You've had a lot of Red Bull. So like anything could happen. Anything could happen. Um, before we get started, should I, I share our secret, oh, our yes. big news? It's really your big news, but yes, let's yes. share. Um, I'm going to be the Fraser Crane of all the books. Starting June 23rd, there's a little podcast called All the Backlist that will be swimming into your All the Books stream. It is a little show of backlist titles relevant to the week's new releases. So it's like book recommendations based on things that are coming out that week new in the world of books. And it's a little bite-sized, little bite-sized episodes. And if you're not familiar with the term backlist, it's basically all the books that are not new. Like when a bookstore re-ups titles like Geek Love and The Known World and The Secret History, like that's a backlist order. It's going to be some recommendations around those based on what's coming out that week. So, ta-da! It's going to be awesome. And you guys don't have to do anything different to get it. It will just be in your All the Books stream, as Liberty said. So if you subscribe to this show on iTunes or another podcatcher, you will get those little bites to take you into the weekends starting on Fridays. I'm excited to listen to those, too. I'm so excited. I'm going to get to listen to a podcast. Very. I just There's so many books in my head, and I need to get them out. It really is a public service that you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> should we uh, should we roll on to books before the Red Bull wears off? Yes, we should. Now, the, like like I said, we've been having a week, and my brain is frazzled, so I couldn't really make decisions. So there are so many amazing books out today. It's the first Tuesday of the month, of course, so there's always a ton of books. I've read so many of them and loved so many of them that I had to write them all down on my whiteboard and then just point to like pick which ones I was going to talk about because I was like, I can't make any decisions today. So, but I got some good ones. And this first one blew my mind. It's called She Rides Shotgun by Jordan Harper. And it, like I said, blew my mind. 
I call it Paper Moon meets Oz meets The Professional. Oz being the HBO prison show, not the, you know, Munchkin <laughs> land. Um, it's so good. It's about an 11-year-old girl named Polly. She's this brilliant, introverted child, and one day she walks out of the school after class is done, and there is her father. Her father, who she has not seen for half of her life. He's just been released from prison. He tells her that he's supposed to pick her up, and she needs to come with him. And she does. She gets in the car, and it as the story progresses, we find out that when Nate was in prison, he'd been out for like a day. And while he was in prison, he crossed a dangerous skinhead gang. Like this psycho syndicate that just sort of offers protection and runs the jails. And in return, when you get released, you sort of pay it forward by doing horrible things or carrying out murders or drug deals or something on the outside. Um, And so he crossed these people and there was a bounty put out on the life of his ex-wife, his daughter, and him to be carried, like, the murders to be carried out on his release day. And so he knows that Polly's mom, he went to her house and she has already, she's already been killed. So he picks up Polly and first she wants to go home. She's like, you know, I want to see my mom because she doesn't know anything has happened to her at this time. And eventually she learns the truth. But, you know, despite everything, like, she loves her father and she's, you know, wants to be with him because she can't go back to her house and she's afraid and so he's, Nate is trying to figure out how to get out from under this bounty. And so they're running from place to place. And while this is going on, he's teaching her how to fight, how to steal, how to shoot a gun. And she likes it. Like, she's very surprised by how much she's enjoying being a criminal. And while, you know, they're trying to figure out what to do, they're being pursued by the skinheads. There's also a detective hot on their trail. He's this really cool, weird guy who has this uncanny ability to sense trouble or when people's lying to him, when people are lying to him, he gets like this buzzing. He can just feel it. And so they're looking for them. It's tremendously violent and bloody. Like as I'm sure you can guess just from the description, but the writing is electric. I mean, it, it completely shocked me. It's so wonderful. And the story is really compelling and it's also really sweet. And you become really invested in the characters, you know, they're flawed, but they're, you know, they're human. And it's just fantastic. Again, it's called She Rides Shotgun by Jordan Harper. My first pick this week is coming straight from the like beach books wheelhouse. It's Perennials, a novel by Mandy Berman. Uh, This is summer camp and kind of the gang gets back together. And I really, really loved it. I read it in one sitting on a rainy Saturday. Um, It's about uh, two girls, Rachel and Fiona, who grow up on opposite sides of town. Basically, Fiona is from a wealthy suburban family. Rachel lives in New York City. She's street smart. She was raised by a single mom and they go they find themselves going to camp marigold they actually they are camp friends this this is how they become friends is at camp because you know like summer camp has its own set of social rules and you can have a best camp friend that wouldn't like speak to you in the real world of your regular school life so that's how rachel and fiona have been friends we get to see some flashbacks to when they were kids going to camp sort of how that friendship began but the book really picks up when both of them are in their like late teens or early 20s, and they are back at Camp Marigold as counselors. Uh, Fiona has a younger sister who is um, at camp now as a camper. So Fiona and Rachel are like noticing that rejoining, like meeting each other back up at camp this summer doesn't feel like 
quite the same as it used to feel when they were kids. Some of the magic is gone. They're really different. They're not as patient with each other's quirks as they used to be. Um, And there's some sort of catty stuff that happens between them. We also see Fiona's little sister, who I think is 11 in the story, navigating her way through camp along with some of the other adventures and misadventures between the kids and the counselors. Like there's a side story about one of the other counselors who is 30 years old and just discovering that she's gay and is trying to have her like she wants to have her first kiss with a girl happen at summer camp so your first kiss at summer camp is not just a thing that happens to the kids there's like just drama and melodrama and silliness but also some good you know solid coming of age stuff and a fun camp story. Um, I think the only other summer camp book that I can remember reading or a book that kicks off at summer camp is The Interestings by Meg Wallitzer. And this is a pretty different flavor. Like this is very solidly set just during this one summer. Uh, and I will say there's a twist near the end or like a surprise rather that I'm still not completely convinced was necessary or that I liked it, but it didn't ruin the reading experience for me. It just kind of like I raised my eyebrow like, oh, maybe you didn't need to do that. But the book is great. It's really fun if you're looking for something to sit with by the pool or take to the beach or imagine that you're running off to summer camp this year. It's again, Perennials by Mandy Berman. Did you ever get to go to summer camp? I did. I actually got my first kiss at summer camp. At That was uh, you? I, no. <laughs> Just Wouldn't kidding. it be so good if that was our story? Yes, um, our meet cute at um, Camp Chippewa, which is like somewhere in the middle of Kansas. It's a United Methodist Church camp. I had my first kiss there right uh, after one of the counselors got done playing Wonderwall on his acoustic guitar. Hopefully, not with the camp counselor. <laughs> no, not with the camp counselor. <laughs> I was like, oh with no, an, where is this going? <laughs> with an age-appropriate kissing partner. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Oh, the 90s. But it was uh, it was the age when, or the time when, like, a cute, I don't know, 16 or 17-year-old playing Wonderwall on a guitar at a party was still, like, a novel thing. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Did you ever go to camp? No. No. I We just ran around outside for, like, the whole summer. That yeah, was I basically was, camp. <laughs> I remember it being sweaty, and there were lots of bugs, and it, it was not my favorite thing. I like air conditioning. Camp yeah. doesn't typically have that. Would you like to hear about our first sponsor? I sure would. Violet Grenade by Victoria Scott is back this week. And I mentioned this last week, but I cannot get over this cover. I love it. It's so purple and flowery and amazing. It's fantastic. I love it. Let me tell you a little bit about the book. When Madame Karina discovers Domino in an alleyway, she offers her a position inside her home for entertainers in secluded West Texas. Left with few alternatives and an agenda of her own, Domino accepts. It isn't long before she is fighting her way up the ranks to gain the Madame's approval. But after suffering weeks of bullying and unearthing the Madame's secrets, Domino decides to leave. It'll be harder than she thinks, though, because the Madame doesn't like to lose inventory. But then Madame Karina doesn't know about the person living inside Domino's mind. Madame Karina doesn't know about Wilson. It sounds so good. I haven't been to, like, this is going to sound crazy, but I haven't been to a bookstore, like, in two weeks, but I'm going tomorrow, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and this is on my list of things to get, because I'm really excited about it, because it sounds awesome. I want to know about Wilson. Like, does she have, like, the volleyball, like, in her head? Like, Wilson. That would be awesome. Anyway, 
my age is showing. Um, again, this is called Violet Grenade by Victoria Scott, and we thank them for sponsoring, and you can find a link to it in the show notes. <gasps> and now it's my turn again. Keep going. Yay! Well, I'm going up to Portland, Maine tomorrow, and speaking of Maine, the next book is by a Maine author, and that is The Refrigerator Monologues by Catherine Valente, with illustrations from Annie Wu. I have never met a Cavalente book I did not love and just pull my hair with joy like while I was reading it. She's amazing. She wrote Deathless, uh, Radiance. She wrote the Fairyland series. She has a new one coming out in the fall. It looks incredible. This one is a cutting take on women in superhero comics. Uh, to be refrigerated in comics means uh, women who are killed, raped, brainwashed, driven mad, disabled, or had their powers taken so that a male superhero storyline will progress. Um, Gail Simone coined the term uh, based on an incident in like Green Lantern in 1994 in which the Green Lantern's girlfriend is stuffed into a refrigerator. And they made a website and called Women in Refrigerators and they talk about you know these things and you know gender and comics and all that stuff. And so she has written these six stories about the women in the Hell Hath Club in Deadtown. Deadtown is where people go when they die. And there's like, um, it's, everything is black and everything is ashy and they can only eat things that are extinct. So like they eat woolly mammoths and dodos and it's very strange and unusual and awesome. And there are these six women who are there at one time or another. Um, their stories are all of love gone wrong, of ignorance, innocence, mistakes that they've made. And their origin stories are kind of send-ups of actual comic book women. Like, you'll recognize, like, Gwen Stacy and Jean Grey and Harley Quinn. Like, she has their own versions of these. Um, and it's about how they came to be in Deadtown and the comings and goings. Because, as we know, no one in comics stays dead. Like, they get brought <laughs> back. It's sort of like when Buffy kept being brought back. Um, it's like spoiler. people dying on All My Children or something. Yeah, yeah like, no one stays dead. Um, and it's just brilliant and colorful and full of so many adjectives. And, of course, there are some trigger warnings because these are stories of women being treated horribly. Um, but it addresses, you know, an important conversation about the treatment of women in comics. And it's fantastic. Again, it's called The Refrigerator Monologues by Catherine Valente with illustrations from Annie Wu. All right. We're going directly to a thing that I really, really love now, a great de debut collection of short stories. This one is Disasters in the First World by Olivia Clare. These are uh, in the Shinsky parlance of short stories that are weird or short stories that are grounded in real life. These are sort of in the middle. They're like if Karen Russell wrote realistic fiction um, is sort of how I have decided to think about it. They're all about, you know, everyday people grappling with really big things. And some of them are like uh, acts of God and just larger than life circumstances or the kinds of struggles that everyone has, but that feel really unique and huge and insurmountable when you're the one who is having them at the time. I really loved it. The opening collection is, or the opening story is what like hooked me from the very beginning. Uh, it's about a man who I think, you know, he's an adult child. He's like in his 30s or 40s. He takes his mother 
on an Icelandic vacation. This is the thing she's wanted to do is go to Iceland for two weeks. They are in Iceland, but they're there when that volcano with the million consonants in a row erupted and everything is covered in ash and they can't go anywhere. They're like not even supposed to leave the cabin that they've rented, but his mother keeps leaving the cabin to go on walks and he doesn't know what she's doing out there in the world where ash is falling from the sky and travelers aren't supposed to be doing anything. And he starts following her and sees that she's wearing a backpack he's never seen her wear before. He tracks her to a cabin that she goes in and like putters around the kitchen, but he can't see if there's anyone else in there. Uh, And the ending to that story is just kind of heartbreaking in one image. I love when writers, especially short story writers, can give you just so much feeling and so much of a sense of one character's, almost their whole life, uh, in in one really well-written image. And Olivia Clare does that from the get-go in this collection. There is a, there's one about a woman who like in her 20s is struggling to connect with her brother who is kind of strange he behaves he behaves strangely kind of idiosyncratic might be on the spectrum but we don't really know and she wants to connect with him and help him navigate his way through the world there's another story where the narrator refers to her boyfriend as the grasshopper and because i read so much weird fiction i was like oh okay he's an actual grasshopper sure <laughs> like the boyfriend is an insect and it took me like 10 pages to be like oh she's making a like it's a metaphor relating to a folktale about a grasshopper the boyfriend is not an actual grasshopper Um, and there are just sort of disasters big and small as the title would indicate about sort of modern life and the difficulties of being a person connecting with other people uh, trying to do the right thing like this guy taking his mom to Iceland but also seeing some really heartbreaking things in her life it's wonderful Um, I don't know how to guess like if there's 13 stories in this collection and I don't know how to guess like what a 14th story might be about because each one is different and sort of wholly unique but they all hang together very nicely there wasn't a story in the bunch that I didn't like again it's called disasters in the first world it's short stories by olivia claire that one is i don't know how i didn't read that one like it escaped me somehow it's it's I so need short to read it. you could read it like on your walk to the mailbox oh, oh i just did <laughs> speaking of books that are not short um my next pick is magpie murders by anthony horowitz if you recognize his name that is because he wrote the alex Ryder series He was given the green light by the Arthur Conan Doyle family to write two new books using the characters of Sherlock and Watson. Um, He created Midsummer Murders and Foil's War, which are TV series on the BBC that have been going on for, I think, 11 decades. Um, And what I'm saying is the man knows murder and mysteries. And this is a fantastic standalone whodunit. And if you were me... Right now, I would skip ahead, like, three minutes, because I'm going to tell you some stuff about it. Um, (laughs) And if you just want to take my word for it that this book is awesome, just stop listening for a couple minutes. But if not, I'm going to tell you a few details. I'm sorry if it, you know, spoils anything for you, but I have to tell you at least something about the book. It's basically, it it has a book within a book, which is awesome. Love those. But at the beginning, there's an intro by an editor named Susan Highland, and she's saying how her client is Alan Conway, who wrote these mystery novels with this character, Atticus Pound. And it's they all take place in like these sleepy English villages. Um, they're cozies. They're kind of an homage to the great 
ladies of crime, like Dorothy Sayers and Agatha Christie. Um, and she is now, Susan has received this ninth manuscript, and she's saying, like, I read this, my life, it ruined my life, everything is different, you know, read this at your own risk. Um, so the book starts out at Pie Hall. Uh, the uh, housekeeper has been, has been found dead, and so they're about to have a funeral for this housekeeper. And as Susan, the editor, is reading this book, she becomes convinced that this story is an actual real story. And she's reading along, and it's about this detective, Atticus, and it takes place in the 1950s. He's a German refugee. His assistant is dying, and he says that this is going to, like, Atticus says this is going to be his last case. So they begin begin, uh, investigating, because something's not quite right about the housekeeper's death, and they find that there's also been a second murder. But as Susan reads along, the last three chapters of this book are missing, and she discovers that there are many parallels between the people in this book and in Alan Conway's own life, and then Alan Conway commits suicide. But Susan is convinced that it was a murder. I'm not going to tell you anything else about the book. Um, It's so good, and you'll get to the end and be like, whoa, how did I not know that was going to happen? And also, how did he do that? And it's so great. So that's all I'm going to tell you about it. It's Magpie Murders by Anthony Horowitz. Right. Before we move into the last section of the show, I just want to remind our listeners, or if you're new, to give you a quick introduction to Book Riot Insiders. It is our subscription for diehard book nerds. There's multiple levels where you can subscribe for as little as $2 a month up to $10 a month to get access to a whole bunch of different features, exclusive content um, at at times when we've opened it, we've sold up the top level already, but occasionally we open more spots in the top level and then you can hang out in Slack, which is basically a private chat with all of the other uh, insiders who are at that level and a bunch of the Book Riot staff and contributors. But I think the big juicy thing that especially on this day of tons of new releases we want to mention is if you subscribe at the $5 level, you get access to the new release index, which is a curated by Liberty selection of upcoming books. So you can sort by the release date for several months going forward. You can search for different genres. You can tag books to be on your watch list. So if you're sitting around like, how do I find out what books are coming out in the next couple of months that I might like that isn't just like a giant clunky list published online or sorting through Edelweiss if you're in publishing, you want to check out the new release index. If you go to insiders.bookriot.com, you'll be able to use a demo so you can see how the tool works. You'll be in love. I guarantee it's gorgeous and so easy to use. And you'll just build your TBR like nobody's business. Um, So we just want to remind y'all that that's a thing that exists. We should have some cool new features coming out for it soon as well. Um, So check out insiders.bookriot.com. All right. I mentioned a couple weeks ago that I was going to be reading this next book. So now I'm following up. It's The Art of Living, Peace and Freedom in the Here and Now by Thich Nhat Hanh, who I just love. Uh, He is a Zen master, a super prolific author. There are so many books and then there's like recordings of his talks and he's been on the On Being podcast and other people who are in the mindfulness and meditation and yoga and Buddhism space build off of his work. Um, And this book uh, was comprised, compiled by his students. Um, He had a stroke a few years ago and is no longer writing. So this is compiled by his students based on a bunch of talks and lectures that he has given. And it presents seven 
meditations or really seven like concepts that become meditations and practices that are core to Buddhism. Like the first one is interbeing, like recognizing that all beings are interconnected and that there's not an end and a beginning to you and a separate end and beginning to me. Um, is more heavily based in um, in Buddhist principles than some of his other writings are that are more general for meditation. This was definitely a bigger dose of uh, the Buddhism ideas than I've been exposed to in his previous work, and um, and honestly, is a bigger dose of Buddhism than is what is present in my personal um, meditation practice. But it was really interesting to start at the like, basically he's teaching a masterclass, but it's written for lay people. So it's cool to sit, like to feel while reading the book, like you're sitting in this masterclass lecture about like the loftiest, fullest expression of what Buddhism can be, of what mindfulness can be, and then extract the nuggets that are applicable for your own life. Um, at least is my approach to it. There are so many you know, good ideas here. Even just the core beginning place of that a spiritual practice is different from a religion and it is a thing that teaches you how to generate happiness and ease your suffering. Um, and that that's what Buddhism about is about. That's what meditation is about. If you have a yoga practice, there's a lot that connects there as well. So um, probably not like if you've never read anything about meditation or mindfulness, I would not start with The Art of Living. Um, but this is a really excellent book with tons and tons to chew on from just undoubtedly the biggest writer in that space um, in contemporary time in our lives for sure. So that's The Art of Living, Peace and Freedom in the Here and Now by Thich Nhat Hanh. I don't have a good segue. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> so I mentioned at the beginning of the show that I read so many great books that are coming out today. So I want to do like a little roundup of some of the other titles that I think you should know about. You'll be able to find them in the show notes so you don't have to like stop everything you're doing and write them down right now. Um, the first is Stephen, Florida by Gabe Habash. It's an unsettling, powerful coming-of-age novel about one college wrestler's senior season. I, if I remember correctly, it's his debut novel. It's fantastic. Um, Erin Dottie Roy, who wrote The God of Small Things. Oh, yeah. She has a new novel. It's called The Ministry of Utmost Happiness. It's her first fiction in two decades. Like, it's been two decades between books. Um, this is about the intertwined lives of people in India. It's absolutely lovely, as you can imagine. There's Do Not Become Alarmed by Miley Malloy. It's about two couples that take a cruise for Christmas, and it goes horribly wrong, and all of their children go missing. Um, if you like intense storytelling and amazing writing um, and not being able to put a book down, I mean, I just plowed through this, um, but you don't mind sort of a bummer of a story, um, it, this book is so fantastic. There are some trigger warnings for violence against children, though, just to be aware of that. Um, the Gypsy Moss Summer by Julia Fierro is about summer of 1992 on Avalon Island. Uh, the Leslie brings her family to live in the prestigious family estate, the island's grandest home, and, and how that affects the people on Avalon Island. People fall in love. People fall in lust. It's really fun. Um, Dear Cyborgs by Eugene Lim. It's the slender novel about teens and comics and an alternate universe, I think, or maybe not. It's so, like, fantastic and unusual, and it was way too smart for me, but I loved it anyway. Um, there's Tash Hart's Tolstoy by Catherine Ormsby. It's a great young adult novel about a girl whose modern web series adaptation of Anna Karenina goes viral after a shout-out from a superstar. 
and it's about the pain, the pains and gains of celebrity. And uh, Tash is romantic asexual, so it's nice and important to see that representation out there. So this was really great. Um, there's The Long Haul, A Trucker's Tales of Life on the Road by Finn Murphy. Murphy dropped out of college and started working as a long-haul trucker over 30 years ago. And these are some of his wild and amazing tales that he's seen in all his years on the road. Then there is the amazing Catherine Lacey. She has a new novel called The Answers. I think that you would love this one, Rebecca, if you didn't get a chance to read it. It's about a young woman named Mary who lives in New York City. She is very sick. She has spent all her money on her health. She's now broke, and she's still no closer to finding out what is wrong with her. So she takes a second job that she finds on Craigslist called The Girlfriend Experiment. And there is this guy called Kurt who wants to figure out how to build and maintain the perfect relationship. So he hires these women to each portray a specific role in the relationship. And Mary's role is as the emotional girlfriend. There's, like, the maternal girlfriend and the mundane girlfriend. And she's the emotional girlfriend. And it's about how this nutty experiment has repercussions for Mary. These are all so fantastic. And like I said, you can find a list in the show notes. You are such a velocity reader. <laughs> I do like to read a lot. All right. My last pick this week is my book that came out today that I can't wait to read. It's called Vulgar Tongues, An Alternative History of English Slang by Max Descharn or Descharnay. Um, it is a roller coaster ride through the colorful history of slang. Uh, it's looks at pop culture, low culture, street culture, underground movement to trace the routes that slang takes, um, beginning from like the origins of slang with thieves and prostitutes of Elizabethan London and ending with the present day for like, that's not when slang first existed, but it's when English slang first existed. Along the way, we get to meet um, World War II flying aces, pickpockets, school children, private eyes. If it, I'm reading from the copy now because this is great. If you're curious about flat dragons and ale passion the changing meanings of punk and geek or how fly originated on the streets of 18th century london and square in masonic lodges this book is for you and i love like contemporary linguistics but i'm definitely here for a look at slang and sweary you know sort of gritty language this sounds really great so again it's vulgar tongues by max descharnay i had my flap dragon surgically removed when i was little I don't even want to know. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I like that word though. That's a it's a good word. Yeah, I don't know what it means either. The house and yell it at we them. should, yeah, we should Google it. Make sure it's we probably didn't say something, something terrible. terrible. <laughs> oh, before we say goodbye, can I just point out that several of our picks from past episodes are out in paperback today? Yes, there is Rich Girls. Marrow Island, Here Comes the Sun, Syracusa, Wangs versus the World, and Before the Fall. All in paperback today. All fantastic. All the books approved. Yes, I um, definitely have to second the emotion for Syracusa. So good. Also perfect, like, dramatic summer read. Yeah. She's great. So I googled Flapdragon. <gasps> I don't recommend clicking on the Urban Dictionary link. Oh, dear. What did I say? <laughs> <laughs> um, but the dictionary.com link says it's an old game in which players snatch raisins, plums, etc. out of burning brandy and eat them. Oh, yeah. Like, we or do that all the time at nursery school. The object so caught and eaten. A flap dragon was a raisin floating on lighted spirit in a dish or glass that had to be snatched out with the mouth and swallowed. 
Yeah, that Urban Dictionary. <laughs> no, that's like that's regular dictionary. So terrible. yeah, you don't want to. The Urban Dictionary <laughs> definition is too spicy. Yep, too spicy. <laughs> what are you going to read next? Um, I'm going to read the Ninth Hour by Alice McDermott. I have never read her, which boggled the mind of some of my friends. So have you ever read her? I don't think so. She's supposed to be very like quiet, sort of like. Marilyn Robinson sort of oh um I have a friend who works at a bookstore and she's insisting I read Charming Billy so I'm gonna go pick that up from her store in a couple days but I have The Ninth Hour which comes out in October I think that she says is the best book that she read this year so I'm gonna do that one first awesome what are you gonna read I think I'm going to pick up Midnight at the Bright Ideas Bookstore by Matthew Sullivan. It comes, well, uh, it comes out next week. Um, it was one of the top books that Book Riot Insiders have put on their watch lists, and I hadn't heard of it until I went looking at the stats for watch lists recently. Um, it's Here is the setup. Actually, this sounds, have you read this already? No, I have it, but okay. I, I'm Okay, it's waiting. like straight from the Liberty Wheelhouse. When yes. a bookshop patron commits suicide, his favorite store clerk must unravel the puzzle he left behind in this fiendishly clever day debut novel from an award-winning short story writer. So it's a mystery set in a bookshop. <laughs> I, If I don't get to it, I'll have to let you know so that you can get to it because this just has your name all over it. Awesome. Those are our new books out this week. Thank you to our sponsors, Amazon Kindle and Violet Grenade. We'll have links to both of those in the show notes and you can check out Kindle for Kids online as well for more information. If you have something to say to us, you can drop us a line at allthebooks at bookriot.com or talk to us on Twitter. I'm Rebecca Shinsky S-C-H-I-N-S-K-Y Liberty is Miss Liberty. And if you want to give us a little cookie in our tip jar, you a cookie in the tip jar, sure, mixing metaphors, but whatever. <laughs> this is I where like the cookies. show goes off the rails we made it 32 minutes i think it went off the rails with flap dragon <laughs> don't google it kids <laughs> um, if you would like to leave us a little tip please leave us a rating or a review on itunes it just juices up the apple algorithm and helps other people who are looking for bookish shows find their way to us and we will remind you all we teased a couple of weeks ago that there would be uh, two new podcasts coming out from book riot they are launching later this week so if you're into mysteries and thrillers you can look for red or dead red spelled r-e-a-d uh, which is hosted by katie mclean and rincey abraham and you can also look for sff yeah which is about sci-fi fantasy hosted by jen northington who's currently on the get booked podcast with amanda and sharifa williams so check those out you can subscribe to them in itunes already and you'll just start getting new episodes when they drop those i have heard the first episodes of both of those shows and they are really great of course they are of course they're excellent so that's it for me yes and and on June 23rd, the all the backlist will be dropping in the stream. But in the meantime, as much as we would love to tell you about more books out today, we just don't have the time. But you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com slash all the books, as well as find a link to our weekly new books newsletter. And in the meantime, happy, happy reading. reading.